Hello, hello everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me as always is Zeke Baker and we are the dads drinking bourbon together. That's what we are. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello. That's all you got? Uh, there's a lot of people here. You normally have more than that, but you did bring a lot of friends. I've been waiting on you guys. They came in like a tornado. One of these gentlemen, and I will have him re- remain nameless, almost burnt down your house. He put a pizza Jesse. in the oven, and he almost burnt down your house. But let's go, let's go through this. Everybody, I'm going to go clockwise around the table to my left. There's a lot of you here. You all have, I think if, if we were MMA fighters, there are people in here that have different fighting styles. Some people have a Willet fighting style. Some people have Four Roses fighting style. Some people might like something completely different. But go around the table, say who you are, say what your favorite drink is, starting from my left. So my name is Jesse Nicholson, which is a real name that is not a fake profile name. Um, I think that my favorite drink is probably Zima. <laughs> um, sometimes I drink bourbon, but most of the time I drink Zima or mimosas. All right, next. <laughs> yeah, my name is Aaron Stein. I drink rum, actually. So thank you for having me. Just rum? Mostly rum. Foursquare? A little bit of bourbon. A little bit of bourbon? A lot of bourbon tonight. Well, thank you very much for coming. Next. Glenn Keller, and I like milk. All right. It does a body good. <laughs> Next. Uh, I'm Travis Hill, and I love to drink Four Roses bourbon, uh, but I will occasionally mix it up with some uh, Willet bourbon as well. And that is what we're here for tonight, because what we attempted to do was gather some of the best minds that we know in bourbon. And I know you guys aren't going to allow me to say that without a joke, but let me just say it for a second. So a lot of you, Zeke included, are some of the people that I know that know the most about Willet. So we have six Willets that are almost epic Willet that, that we're getting together to taste tonight. That's 826, 808, 817, 823, 891, and 804. So there are six of these that we put in an epic blind and everybody's going to give their tasting notes and rank them. But before we get into this, a lot of people might talk about Willet. A lot of people don't really know true Willet. They might just know the stuff that's come out lately in the gift shop and said, oh, they have a 27 year that just came out or, oh, look at this gift shop release. These bottles that we're drinking tonight, these aren't the ones that just came out, right? No, these oh. are all from a few years back, I believe. Yeah, over the last over the last two or three years. Recently. Yeah, the most most recent well, we would be do. maybe a year. Eight oh eight. We we threw in we threw in eight, yeah, that we was wanted last to just throw in a recent one, and that's probably one of the most recent ones. That Still came been out. a year. Yeah, but that's the most recent one that's come out from these for sure. Some of those so, are from three or four years back. Yeah. So we threw in we eight oh four is probably older than, older than that. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so let's get this out of the way right from the start, because I'll have some people that come up to me and, and, you know, with Zeke and I, what we do with the podcast, and people will reach out to us and say, I heard Willet's awesome. I really want to get into Willet. You know, give us kind of the, the elevator pitch on A, what is Willet? Why do people like Willet? And then B, tell me why I should tell these people that they shouldn't get into Willet, because that's what I do. Don't. <laughs> but, uh, Glenn, I think you should start because, like, because 
you seem real serious and like you it's, gave like a really serious answer about this. It, the reason people go after it is because it ticks a lot of boxes. It's very unique uh, because of the process a lot of them have gone through. There's a rarity. Uh, there's a complete unknown with the, the distillation. Where did it come from? So, you know, that drives a lot of people to, to chase it. And, uh, but it's become very difficult unless you're in secondary groups or know the right people to be able to procure at a reasonable cost. So it's not something that I would recommend very many people to pursue. And that way it can stay, you know. I think it's really easy for us to sit here and say, don't get into this, but it's actually like kind of very legit because it's very expensive. And like Len said, if you're not going to the distillery to get these releases, you're paying a ton of money for them. And a lot of times they are good, but I think it's just the the cost up front is very expensive to try all these different bottles. I mean, you want to pay $600 to get a bottle that you kind of like. I mean, that's the risk that you run. I think part of what made them special to begin with to me was uh, not only the people at the distillery, but the actual product itself. You have an extra aged single barrel, barrel proof bourbon used to be somewhat affordable now it's kind of obviously out of control but we used to buy these all the time for you know one to three hundred dollars and it's some of the when when will it is good it's the best it's as good as bourbon gets so i mean when you get the right barrel i mean it's amazing so aaron bringing you into this for a second we have essentially what happens here right is that the coles beans used to be the dad, now it's Drew, they're actually going to other distilleries and picking up barrels that might not have been used for those distilleries' regular releases. They're getting that stuff from them, and then they're refinishing it at Willet, right? Correct. That he's it was a kick, kind of a kickstart. Wait, 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 wait. refinishing. That's, that's I mean, okay, so so the whole so they're aging them at Willard. So the refinishing thing is that's what people speculate happens, but there's no like actual. Tr- I mean, nobody knows that for sure, and Drew's not going to tell you that. Well, they're not rolling they, them off. And they don't just selling them. They don't do this currently anymore. Yeah, this was kind of the kickstart, the reopening of the distillery. They did this. So it's not something that they're still currently doing. So, so I might have asked yes. you a leading question. No, yeah, 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 of course. No, the majority of what they're selling is still sourced whiskey. So, so you get into what makes what makes Willet unique, right? Is because okay, anybody can buy whiskey from somebody and put their name on it, which is a million people do, right? There's not all Willets, but there are some Willets, and that's where we do this tasting today. Is that some of them are really unique, and then the fun is people speculating about well what makes that unique why was this were these why did these distilleries sell these barrels were they off profile barrels what was it about were did will it do something different did they rebarrel them did they do any number of other things what, what why these don't taste like anything that we've ever bought off the shelf right and so what so so that's what that's why you spend money to buy willets cuz it's an experience like you, you're not going to get from stuff, other stuff you buy. No, so that's something that you know Zeke and I look for. I mean, I think last year, and, and not to talk about something other than Willet, but last year one of the reasons we liked Al Young so much is because it wasn't something that everybody could have, but it changes and it's an experience and you would sit there and talk about it. I think for you guys and knowing you guys enough to talk about what goes on in Willet, I mean, I think 
part of the draw is the juice itself, but then part of the draw is the community around Willet that shares their tasting notes, that gets together on Facebook groups or you know some of the other places, private messages, and, and you guys actually say to each other what you think about the barrels, right? There's a fervor that's yeah. unlike any of the others, for sure. I mean, because I could sit around and I could talk about an old Forrester birthday bourbon and everybody's going to kind of know what I'm talking about, but it's almost like a society of yeah. will it followers that will get together and, and it's almost like being in a, a special club, right? Yeah. Well, they all have their barrel numbers, right? And we're all kind of fanatical about barrel numbers and knowing what they are and where they came from and what they taste like. And we're a bunch of nerds who sit around and talk about that. So it, it's unique in that way compared to almost everything else. So before we get into this, because I think this is a good conversation, I know we could talk about this for hours and hours. I want you guys to give me, say you might have money or say you want to get into Willet and you're trading a bunch of other stuff for Willet. I don't want to say rules, but you know what are some guidelines? Because some people will get in there and, and this happened recently to somebody I know or somebody I don't know, but somebody I watched, actually went on and said, I got a 14-year-old Willet. And and they're talking, they didn't talk barrel number, they didn't talk anything like that. There's so many aspects we could talk about here, but there's names of certain barrels. What are kind of the guidelines for understanding Willet? And I know that is a loaded question that's making Zeke laugh, but... What do you guys have? What are some tips and tricks before we actually get into this tasting? I think the first thing is you can't judge anything by a number, a year, an age. Like It's meaningless. What matters ultimately is what went into that bottle. And so you have to try stuff in order to know what you like. And when you just go chase stuff randomly, you spend a whole bunch of money and you don't know what you're getting. But if you try a bunch of stuff, you'll find what you like. And then you can find ranges that sort of match that. And you go chase those bottles instead. And by ranges, you mean more the barrel number ranges, totally. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and everybody goes through that, right? Like, and, and I think everyone literally at this table did that. And I mean, you know, it's like here, here we sat down to taste very specific things. But that's because, like, I, I didn't know that. There was no, like, secret source of that information. Like... I think pretty much everybody here probably bought something and then realized it was just average and it took time to kind of figure out, you know, what the, what this stuff is. So, I mean, I, I guess I would say, I don't know, tips for tips for somebody new. It's tough because right now it, it didn't cost me a lot of money to figure this stuff out and it does cost people a lot of money today. So, you know, you have to be, I guess, a, a lot more careful with, I don't know. I guess see if you see if you can find people who you can get some samples from, trade something to them, try some stuff, try see if you can try it in a sample first before you spend five hundred bucks in a bottle. I would suggest Facebook groups, looking at tasting notes that that you can find from a lot of other people. Uh, Google can be a good friend as well. There's a few different websites where people have blogged about a lot of different ones and listed a lot of tasting notes that they identified that they liked in this particular barrel and that can give you a little bit of help and a little bit of direction out the gate so it's research as much as you can beforehand and i hear there's an app what what do you think about that app i think it's great 
you can type in names, barrel numbers, whatever you need to, and you get the information you're looking for. Are there any notes? Well, 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 no, the app doesn't tell you anything. The app is a spreadsheet and app. It's a database. But it doesn't give you tasting notes or anything like you would like this barrel range over this. So this app, I mean, essentially before that app, there was just a spreadsheet that went around the Willet group, essentially on Facebook and and. There was a keeper of the spreadsheet, but everybody would add in their tasting notes for certain barrels. Uh, That's all that was. There's no notes. No, there's no, no notes. notes. It's uh, literally a database, by the way. Shout out to Kyle. You created a great app. Thank you. Uh, it's a great way for all of us to look up what it is that we're talking about. So it's a great resource, but it's yeah. not about tasting notes. It's just a database. Is it Luther? Luther Swedenstrom? Luther spreadsheet. Kyle wrote the app. Some weird German sounding But at the same time, it totally just. It only gives you the age, the proof, um, who released it, number of bottles. Maybe if there's a name on the back, it'll give you that. If there's a release date, it'll give the release date. Not the not, but there are some policies. I mean, we all have bottles that you can look at, like the old school cognacs that say distilled this date and time in the spreadsheet. Well, I mean, no, okay. And this is because this is this is because Luther. I mean, it's not his fault. There's too many things to keep track of. By and large, he was depending on other people giving him information. So the only difference with the app is it's it's literally like if you don't want to look at if you're like want to use a phone and you don't want to use a computer and look at a spreadsheet, you can now look at your phone. And no, it is great because thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. I I'm old school and I look at spreadsheets, but lazy people like Stein only want to look at their phone. I'm the only lazy one. So thank you guys. I, I mean, we could talk about that for hours and hours and hours. What we're going to do here is let's skip ahead. Are, are we blind in all of these, Zeke, or no? Yes, sir. We've got about six good blind samples for a... Uh, we're all blind already. <laughs> blind drunk. We, we were blind after, not before, Stein. <laughs> but needless to say, this is um, probably one of the better blinds anybody's going to find for the 800 series. As it was alluded to earlier... There's plenty of discussion about Willits. There's also a severe lack of discussion. And you're going to get candid responses from a table full of people. This should be fun. All right. So what we're going to do now is we are going to fast forward the tape like we always do. We're going to get together. We are going to drink these. I am just playing ringleader today because I know I can't hang with you all. But Travis and I will sit back here and drink some Four Roses. Let's fast forward the tape. And we will uh, come back and talk about all six of these. Okay, and we are back. You guys in the break, you had the 826, 808, 817, 823, 891, and 804. I didn't say hundreds. I just listed out the numbers. Is that okay, Zeke? I think most Willet folks will appreciate what you're saying. I watched. I refereed. We all know it was blind. Let's just talk about the barrels themselves. Because of time, if we had to go through all the blinds, just know that I was here, guys. But what I want you to do is I want you to go around the table first and rank them. I'm going to track who ranked what number one. And then we'll we'll say what the winner was. And then I want you guys to give your thoughts about them. So, Jesse, you go first. Give me your order. So, I went uh, 823, 891. 826, 817, 808, and 804 at the end. All right, so Jesse, that was you. Zeke, what were your rankings? 
I went eight two three, eight two six, <laughs> eight oh four, eight one seven, eight nine one, eight zero eight. All right, Aaron, you're next. So my order is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I went 808-891-823-817-804-826. All right, that was you, Glenn. 823-808-891-804-826-817. And last but not least, Travis. Uh, my number one was 808 uh, 891 in the close second. And then uh, 823 and 826, then 817 and 804, like way, 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 way in the back. <laughs> so a couple of interesting things I want to bring up here before we actually get in to talk about this, because I want you guys to, to give tasting notes on these. But 823 had the most number ones with three. So Jesse, Zeke, and Glenn all liked 823 the best. It's almost like your palates are aligned, and then Aaron and Travis, your palates are aligned because you both had 808 as number one. 804 didn't seem to be anyone's favorite. Zeke had it middle of the road, but everybody else had it four or below. We have a little bit torn on 826 as well. As we had a couple people rank it second and third, but mostly four, five, and six. Everybody kind of put 817 in the lower tier, four or below. 891 was just kind of most people second or third, with the exception of Zeke. So I think we had some trends there in the sense of 823 eight as first, 891 as second, and then the rest of it's kind of up in the air. But what, what do you guys think about that? I mean, Stan's palate's broken, obviously. <laughs> it's on point. Well, I mean, we should point out that that I think an hour and a half into this, Zeke was just smelling stuff. So this was a long break when, <laughs> when we said that we were taking a break there. <laughs> you guys realize... So the reason we do that, and I should just preface this here for a second, is the first couple of shows we didn't break like that. And all I had for was like, smelling was just, <laughs> yeah. And I had to cut it all out. But well, when Zeke prefaced this idea to us, I was like, I actually said that to him. I'm like, do you have any idea how insanely boring taping a tasting would be? Taping right now? Yeah. I just want to say eight nine one. So yeah, yeah. Go Very ahead. good. So we're just gonna go clockwise. Jesse, you start eight two six. You had it third. So A26 is a bottle I love, and um, this was my bottle that we tasted. I just opened this one, and I know I like this, and I wasn't surprised that other people rated it lower, because when you taste it side by side with other stuff, it can come across as a bit oaky. I think by itself is a really good bottle, um, and I think fresh opened, it shows a bit better, which is I think probably why I had it kind of in the middle uh, for me. Zeke. 826, I debated pretty hard. I gave it ups and downs, and for better or for worse, I thought the nose was uh, very damp at some times, and it opened up with warmth and vanilla. Had a palate of dominant nutty and fruit, some viscosity, still had dampness at the back, and then was just damp and oaky, but I still ranked it high. I, I don't know. 
It appealed to me and it didn't. It was a very torn situation. Stein, what you got? It's very, very hard to follow <laughs> That said, I thought it had a really long finish to it, but it was just weird entry. Like something was just off about it. Um, so I, I was confused by it. And the more I drank it, the more I felt like it just was lower on my list. But there was good and bad. It was weird. Go ahead. To echo Stein's point, it was uh, the, the finish just kept going. Uh, it was du- it was the longest finish of the group. You thought you was, thought it was dying off, and then it would pick back up, and it just kept going. It's a little boozy on the nose, some licorice, a few flavors that again I've had it, had had it before. And to what Jesse said, by itself, and it's it's a great pour, but it didn't it didn't do so well. Uh, Side by side with some of the others today. Travis, you had this one ranked fourth. Yeah, this is a, a bottle that the more I drink it, kind of the less I like it. I still always enjoy it, but the first few times I had it, um, I think it was just the circumstances of when it was released and uh, the people I drank it with and the places and uh, all that. But uh, I still always enjoy it. There's a really good mid to finish transition that I really enjoy. Uh, I thought the finish was real bright. I gave it a 7 out of a 10. I mean, sometimes I taste it, it could be an 8 out of a 10. I mean, it's very solid. It's could have easily been third for me. Let's move on to the 808 drum. Jesse, you have this ranked fifth. Um, yeah. So, so I had a so I had 808 fairly low. Um, let me let me take a look at what I had here. You know, I just had it as being um, a little bit sharp and kind of dry across the palate, which doesn't totally surprise me. So this was a 14-year. This was released. Some of the, more, the most recent releases, it was released last year. I think that on these 14 years, they tend to be a little bit too long in the barrel, or, or you get some off notes with them, and that's kind of what I felt with this one, and, and I think that's why I put that down. Jesse, I don't know if this means anything, but while you were talking, Stein went and got a pillow, and he's sleeping at the table now. That's because my notes are so boring that, you know, it just puts Stein right down. All you have to say is Taco Bell, and he perks up. <laughs> yeah. There's there proof of that last line. He did. He just got up. Zeke, you had 808 ranked six. What did you think? I thought it was really warm, had some malt to it, mild nut. The oak moved in pretty heavy. It just stayed warm throughout it, which... I just really couldn't get behind, and that led to my ranking of it. All right, Stein, you liked this the best. I did. I did. You I sound know, really confident about that, too. I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that I did, but uh, I'm not terribly surprised. It's a good barrel. I had it a few nights ago, and I really enjoyed it, um, but it's never blown my mind. So I was a little surprised it ended up first. I tried it three times, and my notes are like, it's good, really good, nice long finish. <laughs> really, really good? <laughs> I don't really have... It's descriptive. Easy, Bolly. Less is more. notes, but I know what I like. I'm pretty emphatic about that. Um, and I thought it was a great barrel. And it showed really well tonight. And I feel like it did across most of us, actually. So, that says something. Glenn, you had this one in a second. It was really good. It was a surprise that it was... That I ranked it as high as I did. Uh, su- sweeter than some of the others. Some honey notes, anise. Uh, it's well balanced. Kind of a, a short plus finish, but uh, it was uh, love to love to revisit that one. 
I'm glad you expanded because when you just said it's good, I'm like, people are going to really tune into this podcast to hear what's the tasting note. It's good. Next. It's good. Travis, speaking of good, you had this as number one. What'd you think? It's funny because it wasn't, what, 10 minutes before we started the tasting or just before we started this where I was kind of like talking down about 808. I've had it in a blind tasting before and it did pretty well, but I didn't think anything that night was special. So it's just kind of funny that this was in the lineup and uh, I ended up really enjoying it, you know, from start to finish. The flavors were good. The finish was really long. I just knew right away. I said, this is this one and uh, 891 to me were the two best. I didn't take many notes on that one. I just know it right away. I just wrote down, I like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, so I think we need to clarify something here, right? Is so we tasted six things that are all the same source. And, I, and we were, we were saying at the very beginning when we were just nosing before we started drinking them that like, where are they? These all smell like the same thing, which they kind of are. Yeah, it makes it difficult. And, and it makes it really difficult. And so the way that I, okay, for starters, I can't, make notes like tastes like you know whatever marshmallows when i do a tasting like this personally i i do it more like a, like a comparative thing like because i'm i know that i'm tasting six things that are all a great and b similar so i'm looking a little bit more for differences when i do something like this no that's fair that's fair and i think that's what we do too i mean if you think about what zeke and i just picked a whistle pig barrel and when he brought out the four samples for me the first three all knows the same and you're kind of just stuck. You're like, Oh, it's the same thing. So I get it. Eight seventeen, middle of the road for everyone. Yeah. It's four for you. Yeah. What'd you think? So I, I really, so this is the, um, I just opened this one recently and I paid a lot of money for this one. And this is a wax top. It is a 10 year Louisville bourbon society. So this is a super collector bottle that is impossible to get and i really wanted this to do better and although i tasted it and i wasn't super surprised that it it, i picked it as low as i did the problem with this bottle is it's just not as complex and it drinks a little bit young compared to the other ones and and so i'm not surprised right before i did it was meh yeah basically and so i kind of wish i had my money back but oh well that's why we opened bourbon Um. (laughs) You know, there's there's air time. It had hints of, of really epic moments, at least to me. Nose was really sweet and buttery. I mean, it was just really hands itself up. Palette-wise, it, it seemed to me like a, a malt versus an oak battle. Um, they just kept going back and forth all over the place. Uh, there'd be heat at times, not at times, just really up and down. I would like to see where this one calms out to. Finish-wise, it was quick, slight bitter, but then second time, tasting-wise, there was like a, a really good light cherry sweet fruit finish to it. So with age or, or time open, I would be interested to see where it goes. Aaron, you have this is four. Yeah, this one confounded me a little bit. I think it I felt like maybe it was a little bit of an outlier, especially from the first two. My first notes are like caramel, just like a dark bomb of fruit. And the more I tried it, the the less I liked it actually. So it kept kind of moving down. My only guess is that maybe just it's not as mature as some of the others and maybe it need a little bit more time. Good barrel, not, didn't stand out amongst these and uh, not one I would chase certainly. Glenn, you had this as your sixth. I did, it was last for me. Um, 
It's really aggressive. A lot of big vanilla, a lot of maple notes on the nose, but the palate started falling apart for me. Uh, some baking spices, verbena, a few things like that that really started to kind of push me away. And uh, by the time we got to the finish, it, uh, it was pretty much done. Uh, it was good. I mean, on its own, I'm sure it's a, a fantastic pour, but uh, with the rest, it just didn't stack up. Travis, what is a verbena? <laughs> <laughs> so I had this uh, next to last. Yes, there Travis, was too much have... verbena. So that's <laughs> Travis. You have this fifth. Tell me what a verbena so, is. so much verbena on this one. Travis, you had this fifth. Yeah, I kind of um, would echo a lot of what Glenn said. I, I really liked the nose. I thought it was real sweet. But it had this kind of weird finish to me. It was kind of smoky and like it was funky, which normally is a good thing. But in this case, it was a bad thing. I really do not care to ever drink this one again. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm just, just straight up. I mean, it's just, samples. Don't do dough. <laughs> that was uh, not that good. He just dropped the mic after that one. So oh, I haven't even gotten to 804 yet. <laughs> oh. So, Jesse, 823, that was your favorite. What do you think? Oh, 823 is a great, great bottle. That is, it's been, it's been one of my favorites, and I, was, I wanted something to top it in this, and I was not at all surprised that it picked it on top. 8, 823 is just like a really, really good blend of, there's, there's a bit more of like a, a cinnamon in it than maybe some of the others have, and you, know, you get a good nuttiness, and it's just clean. It's not aged too long. The amount of oak is perfect on it, and it just—it's powerful, and it just drinks great. It's—it's—I I mean, I know I love this bottle, and I was not surprised at all when I picked it first in this. Zeke, what do you have? This was your number one too. It was um, nose-wise. It really seemed um, just super sweet. I put down brandy or cognac, but it was sweeter than that. I shouldn't know a word to put down for it. Um, there's a good caramelization behind that. At one point, it really reminded me of Honey Smacks. I don't know. Put it down there. <laughs> Nose-wise, though, it, it definitely had the most range of anything out of this tasting. Palette, it, it really seemed to mimic. At one point, I felt like it had an orange rind to it. And it got dry for a moment. Um, but then it got really chocolatey and had like good viscosity and just kept building up like the more you tried to chew it it just worked up to even more of a profile it was an interesting pour and I, I feel like it's something you could dissect over and over and every time have a different result but it would always be favorable Stein this was middle of the road for you it was but it could have definitely been closer to the top uh, very easily it's a great pour I've had it a couple times um I thought the nose had this kind of like tartness to it that I love in in these particular ranges. At the beginning, it wasn't my favorite. And then as I got through a second and third round, it, it started to really climb up pretty quickly. Jesse had brought two um, barrels as sort of wild cards that we didn't know what they were. And I knew this was one of those and I just wasn't sure what it was. I like it. It's a really good barrel. And I think frankly, it could finish even higher than maybe middle of the road like it did tonight it's a winner for sure glenn you had this number one 
I did, but I'm really concerned about the shelf life with this one. So if there are any out there, uh, you should probably look me up on Facebook and send it to me <laughs> because I'm really concerned about possible health risks. So look me up on Facebook, private message me. Don't put it out in the open public. And uh, I'll definitely help you out with that. Travis, this was middle of the road for you. Yeah, again, this was um, like second. I had like 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, this and 826. I really liked, but I just, on this evening, I don't think they were the best. But 823 is one that I've had on numerous occasions. I've had a couple bottles of it. I really like it. You, Jesse, brought up chocolate. No, maybe both of you did. I know you did. Chocolate to me, I get a lot of chocolate on this one. That's my favorite tasting note. I just tasted it right away. It was a long finish. I, I absolutely loved it. That's a good bottle, absolutely. Zeke only gives me bottles of Willet that taste like pickle. <laughs> yeah, the rye. Rye. Throw <laughs> green. Those are only pores, not Give bottles. Give some purple bottles, Zeke. Come on. <laughs> purple bottles, Zeke. 891, Jesse, you had this as second. Oh, man. And this killed me because, so... I, I drank an entire bottle of this and I just told myself I didn't really, it wasn't my favorite. I actually sold my second bottle to Glenn. Um, and, but in this, <laughs> in this one, I, you know, a goodbye by Glenn on that one. It just drank really, really well for me in this one. Um, I actually have incredibly bad notes about this, two virtually non-existent notes. I just really liked it. Zeke, you had this as number five. I know in the... Zeke's palate's broken. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to Jesse and and looking at the notes, it's somewhat more laughable. As I look at the notes, I I feel like it should have done better, but it could have been a a time constraint issue. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have six hours to work. Nose-wise, I thought it was a marshmallow bomb with a vanilla extract and some almonds. Palette, dark fruit, marshmallow hints. It was thin and bitter, but it just chewed into a vanilla something. I don't know. Uh, The finish did seem faint, but laughably looking at my notes, I probably should have put it a little higher than fifth, but it is what it is. Did you have enough time to nose it? Definitely. Barely. They rushed me. Aaron, you had this one as your second. Yeah, and this could have been my first too. Um, it was great. Just really deep flavors. Caramel. As I drank it more and more, it just got better and better. I thought the nose was really hot and spicy and complex and interesting. It was. I thought it was really good. And I kind of, I think I guessed this one. This is the only one maybe I guessed when I was doing it blind. And I just, I think it's a great barrel. And I've always kind of thought that this was a great barrel that kind of fades off as you drink through it. But apparently this bottle was kind of nearing its end and still awesome. So it's a winner for sure. Love 891. Glenn, you had this middle of the road number three. I did. Uh, I can't really say a lot that hasn't already been said. I'm pretty sure Aaron just read my notes during the tasting. <laughs> Even though it was blind and there's no way that was possible. His palate's broken. So yeah, a lot, a lot of complexity, some vanilla, oak, uh, light caramel, a little bit musty, medium finish. Travis, you had this as number two. What do you think? Yeah, I really like this one. I got uh, some cinnamon, kind of the nutty flavor. I don't have a lot of notes on this one. This was the first one in my lineup and it's the first thing I tasted, obviously. I loved it from 
that moment going back and forth, tasting it a bunch of different times, it always was up there for me. All right, last but not least. Just but least. (laughs) I guess that's a fair point from looking at these scores, except for Zeke. Jesse, what did you think about 804? So when we poured these six out, there was one that clearly stood out as wrong, and that was this one. And my notes say very off by comparison, less sweet, very bitter. That was my notes on on this one. And and so 804 is an interesting bottle. So that's another 10-year. It's a Mike's Whiskey Handle. So it's picked by a German guy. You know, because it's wax and wax top, you know, people people spend a lot of money on this one. But, you know, if you kind of think back, you, you notice that these were available from, you know, fairly often. So that maybe it was a hint. And, um, I, yeah, I think you're going to hear a lot of notes that people were not pleased with this one. Who brought this one tonight? Stein. Good to know. Zeke, you're next. You had this <laughs> number three. And, I, and I've had it before. And for lack of more words, like front end to finish, fresh cracked wax. I thought it was somebody took a Yoo-Hoo and dropped a, a whopper in it. Like, literally, that was it for me. What's that mean? You know the Whoppers candy, like a malted candy? Everything is malt with you. (laughs) You said that six times. Carnation Carnation malted milk. At any rate, that was the first time I had it. But for uh, at least this tasting, I would say it was very uh, heavy alcohol-ish. Very malty. Mm. (laughs) Any other flavors seemed faint. Maybe a mild vanilla. Palette-wise, uh, it seemed hot and like orange sickleish, creamy, still bitter, some viscosity, still some malt, still some nut. It just really roamed kind of all over the place. But at the end of the day, it it roamed more and things that I wasn't a fan of more than I was. Finish-wise, it was short to medium and a a vanilla linger that was kind of there. But again, it just it roamed so much, it was really hard to put a, a, a finger down anything. I think at the end of the day, you had a malted creamsicle dipped in chocolate in a ice cream truck that was driving down the street away from you. That roamed freely. For two well, that was the driving down the street. That was also playing weirdly <laughs> creepy music. What We're y'all are all missing is that would have cost me two seventy five, not the pour of this bottle. So let's go back to the man who actually wasted his money on this bottle. Stein, you had this ranked as number five. I wish, I, I bet you're wishing you could have some money back in your pocket. Oh, I do, actually, after tonight's tasting. But first of all, this is not the first time I've wasted my money on Willits. It, it happens. Like, they're not all the best. This barrel I had two nights ago, and I've had it many, many times, and it's very friggin' good on its own, to be honest. Uh, very rich in flavor. Tonight, for whatever reason, it seemed to show very low for all of us, which is interesting. Uh, as I went through it at the beginning, I was just like my least favorite right out of the gate. I thought it was the weakest from start to three or four rounds in. I thought it got better as I went on, but it was never as good as the others. Um, so it was fifth or sixth throughout all the tasting, which honestly I'm shocked about because I really do like it on its own. So what do you know? It, it didn't show well tonight for sure. Glenn, you had this as fourth. 
Is that Zeke's ice cream truck? It is Zeke's I'm ice cream truck. I'm looking for a van that has pictures of an ice cream truck <laughs> and makes a song for all the little children. La, da, da, da. Sorry. It was definitely all over the place. Uh, boozy. Uh, I wrote down ethanol, which isn't anything I really like. Uh, candied orange, pecans, uh, like a some salt, lemon, almost a tequila in the palate. Not a not a huge fan. Not quite as bad as some of the other guys, but uh, definitely the runaway ice cream truck. So it kind of tastes like a Stranahan snowflake, if you've ever had that. I have, but I like the Stranahan snowflake. Oh, it, it works. To, it works together better. I don't know if it was just a, the way it melded. Uh, and this one just didn't quite as much for me tonight. And Travis left us hanging because he said we have to wait to hear his notes on this one. Last but not least, Travis, what do you get on 804? It's one of the worst wilts I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Dumpster fire. It's right there with 809. It's 809, right? The 18. Yeah. Yeah, that one was really bad. <laughs> uh, I would prefer to just go sober instead of drinking this. <laughs> and that kind of sounds like a douchebag. I get it. But when you drink, when you're fortunate enough and we're all truly blessed to be able to drink these and we have them and have all these friends that we can drive down to Nashville and fly down and drink them with. I can, we can be that picky, and I just would not want to waste my time with that. Straightforward. I appreciate your candor. (laughs) Guys, that was pretty amazing. I don't think there's one source that has tasting notes on those six bottles in one place. And I I think it's sad to think that people are going to have to listen to an episode of Dad's Drinking Bourbon to hear it. I'm appreciative of that, but it's also pretty amazing that you all took the time to sit here and and talk with us and do these in a blind tasting. So thank you for that. We do this every Tuesday, for the record. (laughs) (laughs) You just do it with people that are around you, though, right? I I mostly do this alone. I mostly do this alone and and give the tasting notes to my wife, and she's like, (laughs) I am bored. I'm trying to watch TV. (laughs) Zeke, what do you have? Broken palate. <laughs> you say that. It's only about rise. The bourbon you've never said that about. But no, very simply, um, we, we've had some friends in town this weekend. At the very least, could not be more thankful to to have good bourbon friends and really enjoy what the community allows you to and fully just engage in it. And I think not everybody's going to have the opportunity to sit here and have these six bottles. But you know what? Get your friends. Take six bottles. Do this on your own. I don't care if you're having Old Fitz bottled in bond, you know, to Heaven Hill bottled in bond, to Evan Williams bottled in bond, and you spend a grand total of $45 on your bottles. You know, sit around, have blind tastings, talk about it. This is the part that actually makes bourbon really fun is these discussions, these nights, the community. The community. That's exactly what it is. So thank you guys for that. Speaking of community, anything you guys want to say before we go out? Yeah, closing remarks. Yeah. Let's go let's go counterclockwise. Closing remarks, two very important things. Find good people and share with them. I think that's the biggest part of why we're all able to drink these bottles is because we all have them and share them with each other and taste blind. That's the biggest advice I could give anybody is to taste bourbon or cognac or whatever you're drinking. Taste it blind. Decide if you really like it and what you're willing to pay for it. Travis is completely right. 
uh, on all on all counts. It was an experience in trying to chase down these bottles, but it doesn't live up to the experience of drinking and sharing it with other people. So I'd highly recommend that. My best advice is drink rum. It's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> I think people are getting on to the rum train now. Is there anything else you have? Get on the rum train. It's riding fast. You need to get on quickly. Give us about um, three more months. Yeah, you'll you'll be on. But yeah, the fun of whiskey is just drinking with your buddies. And you know, we travel around and have spent months sort of planning what we were going to do tonight because it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. And it turned out to be, and it's really just kind of an enjoyable time to kind of do these things blind and see what you come up with and, and put your taste buds and your palate to the test. And it's just the best. So thank you guys for having us and doing this and being able to share this. Jesse, what do you have? You know, it's it's funny if you guys could have seen this here, like people are kind of making fun of me because I set this, I, I mainly set it up and, you know, I put little stickers on the bottom of glasses and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, we have a good time making fun of that. Have fun, put a million bottles on the table, get, get drunk. Like everyone else said, hang out with your friends, but every, get once, drunk but, but every once in a while, get real nerdy. Don't drink and, and drive. Get yes. real nerdy and take it real serious. Like what we did today. Cause this is, this is what's, what's fun and, and is, is really memorable and is what's really cool about bourbon. Just to add to that, don't be afraid to make an ass of yourself or fail or like something you didn't like one time or dislike something you like. It's always a, a an evolution, so just do it and have fun with it. Well, Travis, it's funny you say that, and I know we're going to wrap up here in a second, but you know Zeke and I do these blind all the time and record ourselves, and we always say that's the number one thing is if we get it right all the time... It doesn't serve any purpose. Nobody's going to listen to us because it's not only getting it wrong. It's reconstructing the thought process of what made you do what you did. So if I thought, you know, we did one a couple weeks ago or a month ago or so where we had EHT barrel proof against George T. Stagg against, uh, what else do we have in that one, Zeke? It was something, but somebody liked. <laughs> Must have been a good night. The reason I know is because somebody likes EHT Barrel Proof the best. Went in oh, knowing we, we did a, a blind of uh, various batches of Stag Junior. Oh yeah, that's what it. So it was a Stag Junior, a George C. Stag, and an EHT Barrel Proof. They thought that EHT Barrel Proof was the George C. Stag because they automatically assumed that the best name on the table was going to be the best tasting drink. So they kind of psyched themselves out, even though they knew they liked EHT the best. I live for those moments when I find something I like that no one else likes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what you, 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 you should be so fortunate to find those situations. Needless to say, he went out and found a case. So good for him. Good for you guys for doing this with us. Speaking of community, we are on all the social medias and the internets. Uh, go ahead and find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads, on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find our podcast on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podknife, Spotify, iHeartRadio. There's a bunch of places. Please go on, leave us a five-star review, but also write a review. Tell us why you like us. If you don't like us, reach out to me directly or Zeke directly. I'm probably better to talk to, but we'd like to know what we did wrong. So we could try to fix it before you actually put that review in. Zeke, where else can the people find us? Literally everywhere. Nashville. We've got multiple states, plenty of good friends. 
We're always in Nashville, but uh, we appreciate the community. And I think if anything like these nights prove is we truly do have an open door policy. So if you are in Nashville, hit us up. We would love to have you here to sit with us and share some pours. Thank you, gentlemen, again. I know some of you drove, some of you flew. We really appreciate your time. Everybody have a good night. Everybody listening, have a great day, night, whenever you're listening. Thank you. Go Predators. Thank you for having us.